are back with another episode of Talking is a Free Action. I am your host, Owen, joined again today with my good friend, Marvin. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, bud? Doing good, man. Doing good. And uh, yeah, pretty pretty stoked to get another one of these episodes down. Uh, you know, a couple of uh, guests lined up for the next few episodes or so. So I'm really excited for those, but uh, we won't announce those just yet. Uh, but... Uh, we're kind of turning on the recording a little bit in the middle of our conversation here, um, right? So a lot of times when we start recording, right, we usually, mm-hmm. like, you know, catch up prior to the conversation. Yep, yep, that's what we do. Because, like, it would be weird just, like, start recording right away. You gotta, like, debrief, right? Haven't seen you in a couple of days, like, you know, gotta talk about stuff. Yeah. And, um, I, <laughs> so we came across this kind of interesting topic or idea and i thought it would be really cool to do so before going any further into it i turned on the recording and we were jumping right in so um marvin uh we'll just kind of rehash a little bit but you're familiar with what drafting is in like the context of magic the gathering uh yes yes i am very familiar right so uh for our audience do you want to like briefly explain drafting and magic for non-magic players so a draft is basically uh, you pay some amount of money to sign up for this draft event. It is normally a tournament of some kind. And part of your entry fee is the price of some amount of booster packs. And you don't open those booster packs immediately. Um, what you do is when the tournament organizer instructs you to do so, you open one booster pack. You take one card out of it, and you pass the rest of the cards in that pack in whichever direction they tell you to, to the next person at the table, and it continues to go around that way until every card in that booster pack has been picked by someone, and you repeat this process for however many packs you have, and then you build a deck out of the cards you chose from those booster packs. And then you play with those those uh, newly constructed decks. Right. And, like, that's really fun. It's personally my favorite way to play, actually. It just also happens to be, you know, expensive. Because obviously you're buying product constantly. Yep, yep. So, a number of years ago, um, I saw this kind of turn into a little bit of a meme in some isolated sections of the Magic community. Where mm-hmm. the the joke is like, what's your P one P one? You know, pa- you know, pick one, pack one. Uh, kind of representing the idea that like, if you open a fresh pack of Magic cards, sitting down for a draft, what's the first card you would take? Which typically, you know, tends to be the card that is you know the easy, most likely to slot into your deck or the most powerful uh, things like that, right? Because obviously yep. it's the first chance you get to take a card. It's a fresh pack, so whatever the best card is in there, you can take it technically. And if it's the star of the draft, it can be any color. Yep. So just the straight up best choice for you. What do you pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the joke is that people would apply this towards everything. So it's like you know, it, you have a like a a, a, men, a menu from a. Uh, you know, from, like, a restaurant, right? It's like, what's your pack one, pick one of, like, the dinner menu? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> in a bubble, like, what item do you take, right? And yeah. one of the dynamics of, of magic, 
is because you're drafting with eight people and there's 15 cards in the pack, when you take a card, the next person, the person next to you is going to take another card out of the pack and then another and another, which means that by the time the pack gets around, there will be some cards left in it. This is a concept known as wheeling, right? So if I take a card out, and whatever the cards are still that are still in the pack by the time it gets back to me for my ninth pick, then at that point I've wheeled those cards, or they've, they've basically made a full cycle around the table, and I have a chance to take some of those cards again. It is also called tabling, sometimes. Yeah, it depends, right? Um, mm-hmm. Depends on the person. Those are synonyms, though. They're interchangeable, really. Yes. In this context, those two words are synonyms. <laughs> So, um, funny you mentioned cinnamon, but so, so, so the joke is that, you know, you can apply this towards anything. So, uh, I saw a meme a number, a uh, number of, uh, years ago where it was like, a, it was a spice rack and it was, what's your pack one, pick one of the spice rack. And mm-hmm. like Marvin and I were shooting the shit over this question <laughs> and the thought occurred, like we could apply this to D and D. Yep. Yep. We could. And, like, that would be a really interesting way to generate, like, characters for a one-shot. Or maybe longer. Yeah. I I would definitely play a campaign where we drafted characters. So how would you do that, right? So there's a lot of variables when it comes to building your character. Mm-hmm. Um, so my initial thought is, like, obviously class is a gimme, right? Like, mm-hmm. picking one or two classes so that way you can, you know, multi-class if you want to. Um, I think we would probably have to agree that starting level is kind of set. So it's probably like, I would say just for interest's sake, maybe say like this campaign we're starting, you know, we're drafting, we're, we're making level three characters or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I would maybe set it up is maybe set it so that each time you take a class, you get a level in it. Okay. So like there might be, you know, four fighters uh, you know four fighters that are opened at the table basically so if you want to do just straight third level fighter you need to take a fighter three times all right makes sense um other items that you could take um backgrounds uh you could even mm-hmm. do the stats right uh potentially imagine drafting stats <laughs> i mean it's a possibility right that sounds wild. <laughs> right. But like the sounds actually really interesting if you were to like mm-hmm. kind of go down the list. Um, I think like because if you're doing classes the way that I'm suggesting and you're doing level like and you're doing levels the way I'm suggesting, I don't think you could realistically draft spells. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you would because like it just it's too messy, I, I think, because like you could end up picking a fireball and then not getting a casting class, for instance. Yeah. Or maybe that's interesting because, like, that's, like, a risk assessment where, like, maybe you waste a pick because you're trying to get, like, a strong spell and it just doesn't come together. Ooh. You might be onto something here. Um, I think feats are probably a good thing to, to add into the pool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not, like, the feat itself, but, like, the option to take a feat. Uh, sure, sure. Um, perhaps a species, right? Heritage, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if you could pick human or knoll or whatever, 
And I think that, like, if you're a DM who's designing something like this, A, it would be really fun to, like, watch the players go about this. And, like, personally, like, as a DM, I would even include myself in that draft just as somebody to, like, throw a monkey wrench into things where I can, like, I can basically, like, (laughs) sort out certain items as things are coming by. Just to, like, Mm -hmm. add another element of randomness so that the players aren't all passing to each other and, like, feeding each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is, like, an idea in Magic where it's, like, and other games too, actually, like MOBAs. But like, you know, if someone's feeding you, um, you know, me and Marvin, let's say we're sitting next to each other at the table and we're both playing that, you know, drafting. If I know that Marvin is in a color, I could pass him cards that are strong in that color. Like, mm-hmm. even though, like, they might be good for me, I'm feeding him a better deck for to increase his chances. Um, yeah you know even if it might be the right pick for me so like let's say we're sitting down and like pack one pick one and marvin's like yeah i want to draft a red deck today and i open a busted red rare instead of me taking it which would be the objectively correct choice generally speaking i would pass it to him anyways and take some less powerful card because marvin declared he wants to be in red and i want to want my friend to get a sick deck yeah and uh we call that collusion by the way <laughs> if you do it in politics, you go to jail for a very long time. Unless you're rich. Doing it in politics. So <laughs> um so yeah, my 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 thought here is like you could set it up that way. Now, I mm-hmm. guess my question is, how big of a party do you want to do this with? So since this is not magic the gathering and you don't have you know a set amount of cards in a pack or a uh, set amount of cards for your deck i think there are two real variables here when it comes to determining party size Mm -hmm. uh how many levels you want available Mm -hmm. and how many people are going to be in the party realistically because you could have theoretically have as many players as you want as long as you have the levels to accommodate them and uh vice versa you could have as many levels as you want as long as you know you pick a level and you don't have too few players to make that level function Mm -hmm. so i think for like starting level because like generally i'm a big fan of level one like for campaigns Mm -hmm. especially long-running campaigns I know sure. a lot of people are like, eh, level one's lame or whatever, but I really like how scrappy those early levels are. So I wonder if it would be interesting to start at like level three. Because again, I think that like that gives you enough room where like you'll want to take a few classes minimum. Mm-hmm. And just because I want to be funny about it, I would even say it's like up to level three. So like feasibly, if you want to just like have really busted stats, you could prioritize stats and maybe not get enough levels mm-hmm. how does that sound i think uh that could work as long as everybody knows like hey your maximum level is going to be three but you don't have to be level three if you don't want mm-hmm. uh i think that would be fine so like you could come out with you know two level three characters with you know 12s to 14s and all their stats and then one level one character mm-hmm. with you know two 18s a 16 and three 15s yeah because they just prioritize those picks higher Mm -hmm. although i imagine like 
depending on the frequency of those would would matter right so like if yeah. you if you know that like in the pool there's only 118 or 218s in the entire pool then obviously mm-hmm. that becomes a high pick but if you know there's a lot of them then you can you know you're going to be a lot more comfortable letting it go so because of the density of the classes i think that that does impact how high you would pick those i would almost think that you would want to take stats first over class levels yeah um now see i just had a thought what if you did this with multiple parties hmm that could that be way interesting. that way you can include you know 618s but there's maybe 16 players involved in this draft and they're not all going to play in the same campaign but they're all drafting from the same pool of character Levels stats and, and abilities so how big do you put do you make the pack then? Um again, I think it would depend on, you know, the amount of people drafting. So like, let's say you're going to have two parties of 4. Yeah. Um do you let the so and then two DMs for so, example. So I guess quick cause, question cuz I get where yeah. you're going with this. But I think so it's mm-hmm. like do you have the DM join in the draft or do you have them just adjudicate? Because there's two ways I could think about using the DM in this situation. One, mm-hmm. the DM could act as a counterpicker, where like he's mm-hmm. just trying to cause chaos. I think the more interesting way, though, is if the DM acts as a slush pool or a slush fund for the players. So, like, if I, it's my party, right? Anything that I pick, my players can trade for. One for one. Okay, I could see that. Or I mean, it might make it too easy, but or mm-hmm. they can offer you a trade, and if you like the trade, you can accept. Not necessarily one for one. Mm-hmm. So you can I... have the DMs picking, or maybe the DMs are building a whole separate character, and one of the players can trade for that character. Ooh. So you're not counter picking. You you're doing your own build. like everyone else. Right. So if you're like a player and you just feel like your your build just fell apart. <laughs> you can trade for the DM's character. And it might be better. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. And then worst case that you just have an NPC. Yeah. You know, slash like you also have just like a spare character sheet in case somebody wants to join the campaign later and missed all the fun. Or if somebody dies and they don't want to, you know, build a normal new character. They oh, want to take the, the spare. Yeah. Okay, and then you could just make that part of the campaign, right? Like, if anybody permadeaths, like, mm-hmm. there's one spare character. That's it, guys. Yes. There's there's options for, for this new side character. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the, the long and short of it, though, is that like, the DM should get to join it on the fun, right? Like, this yeah. seems like it would be badass. I I would definitely do this. This sounds like a great time. I feel like this is something we should invest some amount of time in to, like, arrange. I'd be on board for that. Like, I gotta finish my Digimon Cube first, though. Ooh. I mean, I could work on the specifics for this. <laughs> Alright. Um, so I think if we're... So I'm going to assume for now that it's a table of, like, eight people. Three players, two DMs. Okay. Um... We can adjust up if we need to, but I think that like that's a reasonably consistent party size, and I think that if it's you and I that that are doing it, um, you know, we can GM two separate campaigns, 
Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe not like a whole campaign, but maybe like a a mini story arc. Um, I mean, six sessions is technically a campaign. Yeah. In fact, we could do a whole module that way. Mm-hmm. Like we could run the same module. Like we could both run like Fandelver or something. I don't think I can run Fandelver. <laughs> why? I've played it too many times. That, that's exactly why you should run it and not play it. Bored. <laughs> but you're you're playing with a drafted cast. Yeah, that's true. Okay, hold on. You can do Fendelver. I'll do Horde of the Dragon Queen. Well, I think it's important that we... I think we should do the same one. Alright, we both do Dragon Queen then. Or are we drafting adventures too? <laughs> How deep does right, this go? So, so alright. So everybody's drafting. But nobody knows who's going to be in which party. Mm, that's so a lot we're, tougher. We're drafting characters. And then everybody is drafting also adventures they want to play. And then. Wait, so it's their like ticket to Duel's Kingdom? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, like, maybe there's 12 adventures and everybody's like, okay, these are the adventures I have after you split the party. And then the whichever one the group has more of is the adventure that party goes on. Eh, that seems like a lot of trouble to prepare as a DM. I don't want to have to read through a bunch of different modules. <laughs> All right. Because, like, this is effectively, like, taking place of, like, the first, you know, three hours of Session Zero, right? Yeah. So I think that, that it's important to, like, kind of know going in. The other option is that you could do a homebrew campaign and then just plan for the end of that, you know, seven or eight sessions or whatever to rejoin those parties for some big battle at the end. Oh, yeah, I think that would be dope. Like, crossovers between these two parties would be fantastic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, do you do magic items? Um, I don't know that I would want them if it was me. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, like, in the draft, right, and it's like, you know, you're, you're pack one, pick one, and you see plus one plus one melee weapon or like plus one martial weapon, I guess, because technically that's more makes more sense. Like, do you take that so that your level one, your level three character has a plus one weapon? Now, see, the question is, would we have the normal starting equipment as well? Or would we just draft starting equipment? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think we need to like put some bounds and limitations on this. We can't go too deep. (laughs) It's drafting starting gold. Wait, I like that idea. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No, we can't do just this. Just like stop. Just it. like one of them is just plus five. It's like just like plus like fifteen gold or something. I'll, I'll draft all the money, my guy. <laughs> be a level zero commoner. But you have like one hundred and twenty-five gold, so you're loaded. I'll buy adventurers to do my adventuring for me. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate this. No, I'm, 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 I'm quashing this. No, it's just starting equipment. That's what we'll have to do. Um, but I could see lacing in to spice things up. Maybe like two magic items or something, or like three magic items. So like, 
you know, not everybody gets one, but, like, one person could get two. Yeah, right. Because, like, presumably these are, like, higher picks, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, like, open up your pack, right, and it's, like, a couple of class levels here or there, some classes that aren't really interesting, um, some stats, and you're like, yeah, like, that's fine, but, like, you see, like, you know, uncommon magic item, DM's choice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm... Or you could just put whatever the magic item is. So just to like, you know, bag of holding, for instance. Just bag of holding. Here you go. That's a good quality of life, uh, you know, item that you could pick up there. You know, it really is. Arguably one of the best items in the entire game. Yeah. And like, maybe you don't put bag of holding on there. But like, my point is like those style of like items you could incorporate. Mm hmm. Or do you think that it's just enough, like, when you have, like, all those feats and stats and class levels, like, that's already so much going on in the backgrounds and the, the species? Um, it, it would, it would come down to, like, specifics. So we'd, we'd have to really hash out the finer details of this before I can really say if drafting magic items would be too much or just right. So do you think that um here's an idea for the stats would you do just the number or would you say specifically what each stat is so like would the pack have a 15 14 13 or would it have a 15 charisma a 13 charisma and like a 12 strength um the problem with specifying a stat mm-hmm. or interesting I was going to say the problem with specifying a stat is that um, maybe not everybody drafts that specific stat. Maybe they just don't see a strength stat. But maybe that just means they, like, take a six. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, that's just the minimum, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty rough. But, like, I think it also puts, like, some importance on, like, picking those up. Plus, like, I Mm -hmm. think there would have to be enough density that you would have, uh, like, several options. Like, I'm mm-hmm. thinking that, like, for this, for these, um, so here's the thing, is that, like, for magic packs, like, there's 15 cards in the pack. I don't think you want to go much higher than that, because once you get too high, it becomes a burden of choice. I think 15 is fine, because that gives you 45 picks, even though some of them are just redundant. handed to you, and some of them are redundant. But if you think about it, you only need, what, eight things? Um, well, no, it's probably a bit more than that, right? So you need three class levels. Um, you need one background. You need one race. So, uh, six stats. Uh, species. And then, yeah, that's why I had the race for. I don't think we're going to do sub subspecies. Or no. do you have the races broken down by subspecies already? Ooh, maybe we could do that. I think that's doable. We could do, like... So it's like you're drafting, it's like you could pick, like, Drow, or Rock Gnome, or, you know, whatever. Or Baseline Human, or... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could we could work it like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, so... Alright. Um, and then, uh, of course, like, Feats, right? I think that we could we could include those, potentially. Ooh, does that mean that we could do subclasses on the uh the classes and like 
whatever oh. level of that thing you use for that one is when you get that subclass. So like, for example, you get three fighter levels, one Battlemaster fighter, one Eldritch Knight fighter, and one, one more Battlemaster fighter. Mm-hmm. And you get your subclass at three. So you can just go, I want to be the Battlemaster or the Eldritch Knight. So whichever one you just put that as your level three level. Yeah, that that was my thought, right? Is like any instance, so we could use subclasses, um, uh, for all of them, mm-hmm. and then just what you those are the options you have. Yeah. So like, if you pick up one, you know, mastermind, one arcane trickster, and one assassin, if you do, you know, the full three levels of rogue, and you get to pick your subclass, you can pick any one of the three. I like that. Likewise, if you, let's say you pick five levels, like five class levels, you mm-hmm. only get to pick three, but you have any combination of those. Makes sense. Um, likewise for stats. if you So if we do do stats as individual, like you need specifically to pick up a strength score. If you pick up multiple strength scores, you can just, you know, choose between the two, which is highest. Or lowest, if that's what you want. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, some people are weird. Yeah. Um. So when you're when you're doing class levels, refresh me. For early level characters, they don't start with a step. Like the first step up is at level four, right? Uh. Not counting racial, yes. Okay. So I think that means that if we want to do a feats and feats included, we would need to do four class levels, right, and start at fourth level. Or that option is that you start with a feat and ignore the rules. Oh, okay. So, like, this is a way to break the game a little bit? Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. So, if we're doing that, then, we'll say... So, if you have 6, 7, 8... 9, 10, 11. So it's like, so far, just for the six stats, race, background, levels, I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. else that we're missing. Um, as far as, like, bare bones, that alone is, uh, what, 11 items? Okay. So if that's 11 items so far, we want some sort of slush fund or what, some sort of leftover piece. Yeah. So, because, like, when you draft in Magic, like, you pick 45 cards, but you only need 23 of them. Obviously, building a deck is very different than drafting a character but i think that in the same vein if we only need 11 to do the bare bones completion i think we should have roughly another like 50 or 60 percent more on top that the that the players could use so that way they have like actual options and it's not just like strictly you know the the first 10 things i picked basically i would even go like double Mm-hmm. so 22 22 draftable things okay so i do you want to do multiple packs come again do you want to do multiple packs uh i would so if we want to do multiple packs but we only want them to have like 22 options that does present a bit of a problem mathematically right all right i got it, it. you ready mm-hmm. We, we go up a little bit from where we're at. Mm-hmm. And the creation 
draft more things. 25, five packs of five. The reason I don't like five packs Ooh, of five. No, never mind. Because... That's eight players. That's weird. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I feel like the packs need to be large enough that you can wheel stuff out of your first pack. Right? So we have to kind of plan with the players with the table size in mind. So All if right. we're planning for two parties of three plus two DMs, which again, I'm even okay to like nixing the DMs and just letting them oversee it, because you know, they have a lot of other stuff going on. Sure. Um But let's say it's it's just a table of six people, just the the three players. That means that picks seven like you need at least seven things in there in order to to get the stuff back and i think that if you want it to be interesting you should probably have like maybe 12 so that way you know basically does it loop twice it should not loop twice it should loop once so um so magic drafts loop twice and then there's one and then you get the third card back out of your pack right yeah so 15 by 8 uh, so you basically need uh, double minus one. Is that right? Does the math work out there? So if you have a table of six people, you want 13 cards in the pack? Yeah, 13. So 26? Uh, 39, if we're doing three packs. Do we want three packs? Hmm... Maybe. Because remember, we're only using like 11 to 12 of these things. Well, 11 to 12 required, but I think that we could add a lot of extra stuff in there to make it a lot more interesting. Because I think if we're going with 39 unique items, I right. think at that point you can start to incorporate like starting gold bonuses, um, feet bonuses, um, spell choice, things like that. Ooh, maybe even like plus one to your starting stat. You can draft your stat, and then you can draft stat bonuses, too. Hmm. I don't know if I like that as much. It feels like it, it, it feels like it kind of, like, obsoletes, like, the some of the stat picks, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, like, I think, like, part of the fun is, like, you can, you can artificially make some of the higher stats scarce. It makes, make it almost inevitable that someone's going to get some medium stats and i think if you have like plus ones and stuff in there it starts to to trivialize some of it okay um but give me a second i'm gonna pull up roll 20 because i want to check the character sheet because i think this will be a little bit easier if we take a look at the actual like 5e sheet as it is presented to us and we can kind of uh visualize it a little bit better but i think if we're gonna do like packs of of like 13 or whatever given that we're going to have 39 choices i think that it's okay if we have you know like some number of like bad choices for lack of a better way to put it mm -hmm. um so like let me pull up ollie real quick because this will make it easier um so yeah Class, level, race, uh, background. I don't think doing alignment is a good idea. I think that we can give the players that. Mm -hmm. um, proficiencies? Mm. I don't like that because, like, your class is supposed to give that to you. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, when you draft your classes, the one you pick as level one is the one that's going to determine your proficiencies. Right. We could, however, just not. <laughs> and, like, we do draft proficiencies, and you can end up with proficiencies wildly outside what your classes normally got. Right. Because, like, normally when you're picking a new character, right, like, you could talk to the DM and, and like, work out a, a unique proficiency. Because remember, like, all the backgrounds grant proficiencies. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically we are drafting proficiencies. It's just, it's it's through the background and the, uh, and the class. And the class. Technically. Okay, so so new idea then. So what if we do hit dice? Not the not the literal result, but like mm-hmm. we could have like an item where it's like average hit dice roll, max hit dice roll. Okay. And if you you know, for basically for each one you can take the like maybe I would just make max hit dice rolls, right, for your character. So for any for each level that you have a max hit dice roll, you can just take the max hit dice, whatever the max mm-hmm. roll is. If you don't, though, you need to roll for it. And that includes level one. Um, I think we could do average as well. I'm not sure if we have the space for it, but I think... I'm sure we would. I think we could do max and average, and if you don't have either of those, then you have to roll. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you the choice, if you have average, do you want to take the average, or do you want to risk rolling it? Mm-hmm. I see. So here's another idea. Mm-hmm. We could cap the number of choices the car- the player can make. Meaning, like, you can only choose 22 things, and you can just pass on a pack that's passed to you? No, so, like, basically think of it as, like, you have 12 slots to work with, or we'll say 15 slots to work with for your character build. Mm-hmm. And of the 15 slots, you need to, you can use any of the 30 cards that you've picked, mm-hmm. but you can only use 15 of the 30 cards that you pick in whatever combination you want. So like, Ooh, so you can't just draft 15 items and your base stuff. You have to pick 15 things that you drafted. Yeah, because I think like so you... the choice of deck building is what makes draft interesting. In part, mm-hmm. like it's the draft itself, of course, but the deck building element of it. So I think if you have like a capped amount of like of like a capped percentage of your draft pool that you can actually utilize, I think it makes it more meaningful. It also kind of flattens the power level a little bit because it means okay. that you won't have somebody who like they luck out, they just take take medium stats, and then they just spend the rest of it just like you know, scum picking feats, so they just have like 15 feats when the thing starts. And it okay. forces the players to have to choose amongst the, the choices they've already made. It makes them make an additional choice. Yeah, I could be down for that. I don't hate this. So, like, your character is a deck and your deck is 15 cards exactly. No, no more, no less. I and like then, that. And then basically you're drafting of, you know, and again, like, this give, makes it uh, more meaningful, right? Mm-hmm. So you could take a bunch of average hit dies. But, like, you know, after you slot in your levels and your your background and your race, you're like, well... Maybe you can't use them. Exactly. And then you get to decide, well, is my background all that important? What happens if I don't slot in a background? Well, you have a, you know, a slush background. You don't get the... You basically don't get the proficiencies from it. Hmm. 
All right. So your character is just less skilled because you you don't have a back. I mean, sure, when you start the game, you'll have like a background. Of course, you'll have a backstory you can come up with. But like your mechanical background would just be commoner. Yeah, basically. Or it's whatever your class is. Your background is you are a fighter. Yeah, basically. All right. That makes sense. I could be on board for this, too. I think that, like, and I think that that's basically just how it's going to work out. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have it, it's just not there. So if you only take two levels or if you go through a draft and it's like you end up with, you know, three levels of like three different classes, mm-hmm. but like you don't meet multi-classing minimums. You're just level two. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks to suck, right? Yeah. Um, All right. I like that. And so I think when we're drafting, I think we would need to include things like multi-class minimums, like on the cards. Mm-hmm. We'd want to include what, uh, basically what uh, skills are associated with each, both the uh, mm-hmm. stats, race, etc. Um, and yeah, I think like, I think a deck of 15 works out, right? Because it's mm-hmm. six stats, race, background, levels. Again, we said that was 11. So that's four yep. slush slots that you can kind of utilize for feats, money bonus, hit dice, mm-hmm. you know, spells potentially. And I think if you draft a spell, we could say that it adds it to your spell list. But like you still, if you can't cast, you can't cast. Right. Do you think that's cool? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So, um, and then if we did three packs of 13, so if we did three packs of 13, that would come out to 39 cards, um, Mm -hmm. for each person. And of the 39, they would be able to use 15 of them, which I think comes out to, yeah, maybe that's too many cards or maybe, maybe that's too many packs. So maybe just two packs. Uh, or maybe we do more slots and just add more trivial stuff. No, I I think I like it like this. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a lot you're not using, but we we do still want them to play these characters and be happy with them for the most. Mm. Well, that's why I was thinking maybe bumping the slots up a bit. Because here's the thing, is like for magic, if you're using 23 out of the 50, 45 cards that you draft, that's about 51% of the mm-hmm. cards that you take. Here, we're only using about 38%. So hypothetically, if we're doing 39 times 0.5, you know, that comes out to about 19 or 20. So I was thinking that we could bump it up from 15 to like 17 or 18 like 17 i think so that way it does give them a little bit more flexibility it lets them feel not feel bad about taking some of the like air quotes less powerful just kind of like you know as like a pickup basically Mm -hmm. and it'll give them some choices right like i expect most players should have a fair few um choices when it comes to like background race levels stats Mm um yeah you know and but like if somebody picks up a, a couple of money buffs like they won't feel bad like i'm gimping my character to give myself extra money yeah. All right. So it's like 17 sound good, you think? Based off that logic. Works for me. Yeah, and I think that works out a little bit better. Because that comes out to 43%, which is like still not as many as Magic, but Magic's a whole other game. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that this works out um, fairly well, all things considered. And then, like, you know, starting equipment, I think, is starting equipment. I don't think we necessarily need to draft all that. But I think money is definitely one that we can include. Mm -hmm. So money, feats, anything else that you'd want to include as, like, kind of... We said magic items. Uh, given kind of the extra info that we have, are you, like... Do you feel better about having magic items? Like, you know, as DMs, we can kind of choose which ones are available, so... Yeah. It should be fine. So... This one's fun. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I'm actually kind of jazzed to do this. Yeah, I'd play this. Yeah, this I would This sounds too. lit. We should definitely do that. Let's, um... Tell you what, let's... Let's make plans to literally do this, like, on a weekend. Do you think we can come up with a few extra people? I'm sure that our player, like, the players at the table that we play right now would be jazzed to do this. Uh, probably. Like, you know, as long as we explained everything, I'm sure they'd be fine with it. And we could, mm -hmm. you know, set it up as just, like, a short-term campaign. Maybe, like, after the current one we're doing? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. And then we can set it up so that we're... Obviously, we'd have to DM on different days. Or we could DM on the same day, I guess, technically. But, you know. Because <laughs> that's how it goes. But I think that would be really fun. And then we could um, can make a thing out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is great. Let's do this. This definitely sounds like a thing. The slaps. This is a great idea. All right. So... <laughs> Now that we've like horribly derailed our, our planned conversation um, that we were going to have. Um, eh, our plan was weak anyways. Our plan was weak, but I think that this comes out. And I think that this is like a really cool idea to um, just have like, I don't know, variety is the spice of life, right? Mm -hmm. And like people crave novelty. And I think this is going to be a really cool way to like really introduce, you know, like a lot of different options. You probably mm -hmm. want a pretty high density of levels in the packs. I would say. Sure. Um, probably moderate for like background, species, stats. Honestly, the packs could be pretty hefty. Now that, Come I'm, again? Thinking, now that I'm thinking about it, the packs could be pretty beefy. Yeah. Like, I know I, I, know I just argued for 17, but like honest for like 17 slots but honestly we could bump the pack size up to, all the way up to like 15 or 16 and it would still probably be fine um mm -hmm. because the thing is like i'm expecting that a lot of players will end up with a lot of redundant choices you know because like you're almost incentivized to take duplicates of stuff yeah yeah right like you, you may... maybe you you uh take the 13 strength because you want to multi-class into fighter or whatever just because you know you want to multi-class into fighter pack one and then you get a 17 strength on pack three yeah likewise you may take a background and then you know take a different background later because it offers a different set of skills that you might that you find are better for like whatever you're trying to brew yeah maybe you get the sailor background yeah or maybe you take a couple of druid levels and then you 
get an 18 strength and you're like, well, I don't want to be a strength druid, so I'll start taking fighter levels instead. And you end up with like two druid and like four, you know, and like three fighter levels and like a paladin level. I'm not going to lie. Strength druid sound kind of lit. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, i'm sure it's fine but like you know maybe you, you you for you open up a you open up an 18 strength and you're like going for like a caster build mm-hmm. and you're like you know what screw it and you take it wait do i build a strength wizard now too or do i switch to a to or do i try and like prioritize some martial classes and like try and pivot and then if i picked a spell because i was trying to do wizard like, do I try and take, like, the Arcane Trickster Rogue when I see it? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I know that's the only way I'm going to get access to casting at this point. Or do I say, like, I'll just get a multi-class Rogue Wizard and do it that way? Now, here's another question. If we include second-level spells, are those things that they have access to, like, these are the first spells you get if you don't normally qualify for them at the end of character creation. What do you mean? Um, two spells, five. I don't know any level two spells off the top of my head. Scorching Ray. Uh, okay, so let's say you get, you draft Scorching Ray. Mm-hmm. And you have, you start the, the ga- campaign after the drafting is all done with two levels of fighter mm-hmm. and one level of sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Do we make Scorching Ray the first level two spell you get? So the way I was thinking is that I would add it to the character's spell list. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you could do it, but it would be redundant, I guess, as sorcerer. Hmm. How do we want to do this? If we do spells, are we doing it strictly as like this is an opportunity to break the rules or are we doing it as like you can't pick these spells unless you cuz i think i think we can't do like the full like select like you only get the spells that you that you drafted like i think that needs to cuz like otherwise the casting classes just don't work mhm so like do we say like there are some spells interwoven throughout the throughout this draft they are not spells for you there are spells like to add to your character list in which case, like, if you're a wizard, you're incentivized to pick up Cure Wounds, but not Scorching Ray. Ooh. I think that could be... break class dynamics with these uh, draftable spells. It could. Although, the more that I'm talking about, the less jazzed I feel about it. Because, <laughs> like, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Like, I'm a wizard, mm-hmm. I should want to take the the nasty spells, not the not like stuff that normally doesn't go with my class. Also, part of the problem is like 5e's design is there's a lot of overlap already. Um, so what if we just have the spells that are semi-unique? Maybe they're only on two spell lists. Or one spell and... list. See, like the problem is I'm not even sure there are that many spells in the early levels that qualify. Because like most of them are just like for, for you know, wizard, bard, and, and sorcerer. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we don't draft spells. Or maybe we make custom spells. Or maybe it's just the option to make a custom spell. Or maybe it's just what? 
the option to make a custom spell. Uh, I think I like it more if it's a custom spell one of us made. Okay. Or, or, it is a, like, a free spell, period. Like, it's a spell slot. Or, maybe not a spell slot, but, like, a spell option. So, like, it's just, it's, like, level 2 spell, and you can just take any level 2 spell. Alright. I could be on board with that. So, like, it's basically just, like, it's more choice. And that way, they're valuable for any level, any caster. Because mm-hmm. it gives you access to any of the level 2 spells that exist when you go ahead and do this. And likewise, it also gives... Huh? Here's the question. Do we make spellcasting a prerequisite for this? Or do we make it so that any character can take... And for the non-casting classes, we just assign them a casting stat? I would say you need to have spellcasting in order to use the spell. So it's a risky pick. Like, okay. if you open up level 2 spell, and you pick it first, but then end up pivoting into a martial class, then, like, it was just a wasted pick. Okay. Um, and I think that's fine. Realistically. Works for me. Yeah, and plus, like, this also gives value to, like, some of the level 1 spells as well, so we can include some level 1 choices. So mm-hmm. that way they could grab a level 1 spell, and then if they're playing a druid, for instance, they might be able to grab, like, Frostfingers, which is normally only for wizards. Likewise, mm-hmm. if you're playing, like, a Pyromancer, you could pick up, like, the, the Fire Sword spell that druids get that, for some reason, no other class does. Yeah, why does no other class get that? Um, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But what does make sense is that, like, I think that this would work as far as, like, a strategy is concerned. And then, like, it gives the, the player, like, a lot of flexibility. And I guess that mm-hmm. these uh, spell slots probably get a little bit worse in multiples. So, like, sure. if there aren't a lot of them in the pool, like, it's likely that, you know, a couple of different players will get them. Because, mm-hmm. like, how many unique level second level spells are you going to want anyways? Oh, probably not a lot of them. Yeah, probably not. Of course, then you could be the like the legendary curing wizard. I'd do that. Honestly, it's still like an affront to nature that wizards do not get any healing magic. Makes me very upset. <laughs> You'd think at some point, like, the arcane casters would be like, you know what? This just is too practical for us to leave it to the clerics. Facts. Ooh, what if you break it by cla- by school? So, evocation spell, divination spell. Mm-hmm. Alright. So, like, if I take it, it's like, I could take any evocation spell, any transmutation spell, like... You know, up to the level they can cast. So that way you don't have to delineate it by level, but, like, you know, there's... You know, maybe there's one for each of these schools, basically. I don't hate that. Is that better than breaking it by level? Um... Better? Maybe not. 
But do I like it more? Yes. What if we do both? Second level necromancy. Second that level. That sounds too specific. <laughs> this is, at this point, it's like this is like one of two spells. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's that's too specific. <laughs> yeah. But second level second level evocation gives me a a reason to take flame blade on my wizard. <laughs> it does. It does. Right, because you're you're less likely to just pick like the good spell. Um, yeah. So, like, you'll end up with, like, some stranger choices. Do I take levels of Druid on Gris so I can get Flame Blade? No. <laughs> I don't even know that you can justify it at this point. Yeah, probably not, but that's not the point here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Flame Blade is, it's a good spell, but, like, it's, it's ill-suited for what you're doing anyways. Very much so. Especially now that I just use my stick. You do just use your stick. I don't even cast Shadow Blade. I forgot you had that spell. <laughs> How many months has it been since you cast that spell? Like, of consistent play or just overall? Overall. It's probably been almost a year at this point. Jeez. Okay, that's a lot. Like, of consistent play, it's been maybe... Three or four months. Because hmm. it's it's probably been about 15 sessions or so since I've cast it. Yeah, that's a lot. So I guess the next question is, if we're doing this, do we, um, <laughs> like, do we stream the draft? Uh, maybe? There's lots of questions. This brings me to, uh, some good news. I'm hopefully getting better internet soon. Ooh, that is exciting. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Marvin's internet has been, like, the definition of... Hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the BG Garbo. You, you guys don't see it, because I'm able to mask a fair bit of it, but there are a number of points in the episodes where I often have to, like, cut or, like, ask Marvin to repeat a thing. <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, so, like... You know, it's not the ideal situation, and that was a big reason why you had stopped streaming, right? Oh, yeah. It's the main reason we don't do this show live anymore. Yeah, which, you know, I honestly don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing um, that we do I mean, do it live. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I do miss the live shows. Yeah, I mean, to an extent. I, I think that, like, they are nice to to a point, but I do think that, like, they work. They don't work as well, um, for like the podcast format. Oh, hundred percent not. Um, but, but still... screw the podcast. I have fans. <laughs> I mean, not anymore. It's been how many months? I still have fans. So, <laughs> I have people literally waiting for me to start streaming again. It's wild. I mean, that is really cool, but um. Soon, TM. Soon. <laughs> All right. So, I think that this, like, as a as a baseline, seems really solid. I think we could easily put together some some choices here, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, 
Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you, by the way, is as far as like the classes are concerned, did you want to just ignore multi-class minimums? No. So like they still have to like figure out a way to get their stats. I I think that would be for the best. Yeah, I guess it also makes it riskier. Mm-hmm. Where like you might like have a cool plan for a build for like cleric, but like you may have to backdoor into fighter because you just you never saw a good wisdom. Yep. I think that would be fantastic. That would be really cool, actually. I think there's a lot of interesting strategy there. Yeah. And honestly, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've uh, made a plan to multi-class as a like character that I wanted to play and just didn't have the 13 decks or whatever I needed to get into one of the classes for the build. Mm-hmm. And like it made me do weird things. Like, not multi-class. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guess, you know, now that we kind of have a, a grasp on the numbers, right? So we're talking 17 slots, you know, uh, three packs of 13, so 39 cards. I'm going to call them cards for ease of communication, but... so we have. I mean, that's probably how we'll have to do it. We'll probably have to, like, proxy. make little cards. Yeah, probably. Which also, I guess, technically means that we can't do this to, um, with our current party, right? Because, like, I have no way to do this in, over the internet. We might be able to. Let me do some research. We'll have to come back to this one day. Oh, because maybe, like, Spell Table could do it? Yeah, I was going to say, there there might actually be a way to, like, some cards on a table. I think if the DMs aren't drafting, you could use them as a go-between to communicate the, the pack information. Mm-hmm. Like that you could do. And then like you would have the players just like know which which options they're taking. Mm-hmm. Not clean, but doable with some hoops. Ooh. No, yeah. So, There's a way to do this. I can figure this out. Okay, well we'll take it offline. So one thing I was thinking is if we're doing thirty nine uh thirty nine cards, what density of stats do you want to do? Because we know everybody will want at least six, but I think the expectation is they'll probably have a few over that. So if we're talking like, you know, of like the good stats versus the bad stats, right? Um, like what kind of density are we doing? How many 18s do we want at the table? All right. So I don't think we want more than three 18s. Okay. I don't think more than half the group should get an 18 in a table of six. Maybe. So I think that as far as stats are concerned, we should go down to eight. So 18 to eight, right? One, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. So if we're doing 11, if some of these are going to have as many as like four or five, we could actually do much larger packs than, than just 13. Um, Maybe we don't include, like, every number between 8 and 18. Oh, okay. So what, only the even numbers? Um, I think 13 is required, because 13 is, uh, is the required stat for multi-classing. Like, it is the multi-class requirement for whatever stat is required to multi-class. So I think we do, like, do 10, it. 12, 13, 15. 
You said 12 13s? No. I, I'm just thinking like the numbers we actually want to use before quantities. Oh. Because I so think like we do want to use them. Because here's the hmm? thing, right? It's like if each person has 39, um, mm-hmm. if each person has 39 uh, cards total, 39 times uh, times 6 comes out to 234 cards, right? Yeah. So if we use every number from 18 to 8, like just individually, that doesn't take up that much of it. Like it will take up a good chunk, but I think that you can still get away with it. Like let's say we're not doing more than, like for any one of these numbers, let's say we do no more than 6 for any one of them. So, but like, I would say like, we could do like a six for like every number below 12 or maybe every number, like if every number 13 and below is like six each and then everything above that is three each. Hypothetically, right? Because even if you do that, that comes out to what, 48? That still leaves you a ton of space. You could even be more aggressive with these numbers. So... We do have to remember that we're doing each stat for each of these numbers. So, like, mm, I don't like this anymore. Because if we only have three 18s the way we were going to do it, we'd have to pick three stats to be 18s. Yeah, I was thinking that we could just do the just the raw number. I mean, or we could still do it the way that we were thinking about. We just need to be more aggressive with the numbers. Where, like, every stack gets at least an 18. Every stack gets at least a 17. And just make them that much rarer. Um. I think that could be cool. So, like, realistically Quick. speaking, that means that there would be a, a minimum six 18s. And at minimum, six 17s. Let's see here. Oh, here's an idea. Mm-hmm. So, we could do every stat from... Like, we could do a stat from 11 higher, right? So, like, a number for, you know, 11, 12, 13, whatever... However, once it gets to a D10, right, mm-hmm. it's one D10 of the stat. So, like, to roll the stat, like, you just roll it, you know, or it's whatever the minimum is plus, like, a D6. So it's, like, four plus, one uh, D6 plus four of the stat. That's how you determine it. So, like, we make, like, 15, like, you know, every stat or whatever has, uh, you know, the normal stats or whatever, but, like, the bad version or whatever is a D is a is four plus one D six. So you could get anywhere from, you know, a five to a ten. That way you don't that way you'll still have a variety of low stats. However, you know, you don't have to fill like you know, you don't have to have a bunch of like eights and nines necessarily. And you could scale that however you want. You could even do it like six plus one D four. So that way the stats aren't like abysmal. And, like, you know, they have a 1-4 mm-hmm. chance of getting a 10. But, like, they're probably going to end up with, like, a 7 or an 8 or a 9. Mm, that could be a thing. 
So just everything below 10 is a D X plus Y. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was even thinking that it's just, just make like, you know, 12 or whatever, six plus one D four just to, again, to keep it easy. So like, there's going to be a bunch of those around and like worst case scenario, like, and you know what you could even do, right? You could set that one up as like any stat. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's a strength 6 plus 1d4. It's just stat 6 plus 1d4. So, like, I can just use them as filler if I need to. Like, they're, they're almost like your your multicolor lands, right? Or like mm-hmm. your Prismatic Piper, if you remember Commander Legends. I do. So, like, that could be your bridge. Ooh, hold on. Okay, so. What do you think of... We have the we have six plus one d four, mm-hmm. and six plus one d six, and that's all of the numbers below twelve. So you have a slightly better version of it that can get you twelve, and a worse version that can get you ten max. Hmm. Counterpoint. And then, mm-hmm. Seven plus one d six. So we we go all the way up to thirteen. Well, no, there are still 13s, but the improved version of the of the slush stat could potentially be a 13. Uh, sure. <laughs> just like so like worst case scenario, you could like YOLO, like all right, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to like hope I get the 1 in 6 chance that like it it's a 13 and fixes my multi-class minimums. Okay. But yeah, that would eliminate um, eleven and twelve, right? Yeah, it this this gets rid of everything twelve and below as individual numbers. Yeah, and then you can just fill the good, and then you can just have the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that that's fun. Like, I think there's an element of like excitement there, where like this is a chance, it's a gamble, right? Like, and yeah, it would be better just to take the thirteen if I can get it, but, like, if there's a limited number of these, you might not be able to secure it, and, like, to make the build work, you might just need to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's fun. That's exciting. And, like, if it doesn't pan out, then you just have to, you know, go with whatever classes you got, but... But, yeah, I, I think that that's interesting. And, like, the vast majority of the time, it's going to be lower, but it also mm-hmm. helps... It also, like, by definition, means that you're probably going to get a better score than the D- than the 6 plus D4. Or you're you're more likely to. Because if you just do 6 plus a d6, then a good chunk of the time the d4 is just better anyways. Whereas if you do mm-hmm. 7 plus a d6, you know, it's like, I think 50% of the time it's better. I, I didn't do the math, but it, that feels like what it would be. Uh, e- Something like that. Hold on. 50% of the worst one is going to be worse every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the upgraded one, the seven plus one d six, is almost always going to be better than the six plus a d four. Yeah, or it will be most of the time, because it's the only way it would be worse is if you roll one or two, and the mm-hmm. six rolls, you know, plus fifty percent. So the only way it's worse is actually if you roll one or two. And they roll a four. 
it has to be exactly four. Yeah. Because if because otherwise you're breaking even. Oh yeah. So I think that that's actually a really clear delineation. Like I think that's really clearly like works out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think that that works out. And then the rest you can just do actual numbers, right? Um. Yes. So I had an idea. I had an idea. Mm-hmm. What if we had for seventeen and eighteen, mm-hmm. just one of each stat for that number, and then there's also one you can make any stat that number, mm-hmm. just a single one. Like it's just super rare, but again, it's like slush number. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that could be cool. Only for 18 and 17, though, not for the rest. I mean, we could do it for the rest, too, but... Uh, that could be cool. Also, I think for, like, like 15, 16... Sorry. Uh, yeah, just it's a good way to fill up the, like, 234 cards that we need to make. Mm-hmm. So, if we go based off of that, I'm just gonna start you know, adding some stuff up, right? So if we're doing one of each stat for 18, one of each stat for 17, plus the one wild card, basically, we're talking 14 cards right there. Mm-hmm. How many for 16 are you thinking? Uh, For 16, I was thinking we do probably one of each because mm-hmm. 16 is also very good. Plus one wild card? Uh, I think maybe two wild cards for 16. I think... I don't think we should do more than than one wild card for each. Okay, that's fine. Because, like, it's really powerful to have a wild card for any of the positive stat bonuses. That's fair. Um, likewise, I think the 15 is still, like, good enough that you may want to have it, like, less common. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, eight at the table plus the one? How do you feel about that? Um, I don't, I don't think we can do not multiples of six because we do still want to tie them to individual stats, right? Well, not all of them are going to get used. But then we'd have to decide which stats we want to see. We want more available. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so then we'd have to to prioritize, like, we want more strength 14s than charisma 14s well i think we can actually fix that because we have the slush numbers at the bottom right so if we just do like all the positive stat modifiers have a six right Mm -hmm. plus the one wild card um or we could actually do like okay so here's what we'll do what we could do for 18 6 plus 1, 17, 6 plus 1, 16, 6 plus 1. So that's 21 there, right? Sure. For the plus 2s, we'll do a plus 2. And then for the plus, uh, for the 13, we'll do a plus 3. So basically, there will be 2 15 wild cards, 2 14 wild cards, and 3 13 wild cards. And then sure. one of each of the base stats. And then for the regular like slush cards or whatever um we could do like you know like 
eight and eight or something. Whatever we need in order to come up with the 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 requisite number, which is thirty-six. We need to have at least thirty-six options, basically, or thirty-six variables. Or thirty-six uh stats available in the pool total. Which we're gonna have, but you know, it we need to make sure it's there. So I think if we do the math on that, that comes out to what? It's, uh twenty-one plus sixteen. Ooh, I can't calculate it today. Twenty one plus This 16. is like sixty-two. Plus uh, nine plus another sixteen, yeah, sixty-two. Okay. And I think that gives us enough, like, of the lower ones, maybe four of each. Because mm -hmm. this gives us some wiggle room without giving like too many choices for each player for each stat hmm i wonder if maybe for like the lower stats maybe we only do the wild cards we, we don't do any wild cards for 13 instead we just do two of each yeah that could be fine right so it's 12 13s in the pool and then we could even... Mm, that still feels weird, though. Maybe 6 plus 3 is just better than... Or 6 plus 2 is just better. And then we can just do, like... I don't know, like... Maybe 12 and 12 of the bad stats. I think those should far and away be the most common. Right? Like, so that way, like, worst case scenario, you end up with, you know... You can always fill out your sheet, basically. You're always going to end up with a couple of these left over. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. And I think in order to hit that kind of density, you want to have, like, enough to cover the table, basically. So if you do, like, 10 and 10, or 12 and 12, then odds are good that you're going to end up with a couple of these in your pile. Mm -hmm. I know in, like, Magic they call that, like, as fan. Right? Like, as fanned, basically, in the pack. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you want to see enough of these that, like, everybody's going to end up with at least one. That's why, like, with, like, the, the current draft format, every pack has a cryptic spire. So there's 36 opened at the table. Yep. Um, so, this is basically building a D&D &D cube. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this is maybe a bit more of a math-heavy episode than most players were thinking. Uh, most people were thinking when we sat down, but I this think... Is, this is more math-heavy than I was thinking. <laughs> Why but, did I do this to myself? Yeah, but I think this works, right? For stat breakdown. Um, like, basically, like, the lower the stat, the more likely it is that you can find a wild card for that stat. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, like, if it's a low, low stat, then all of them are just wild guards. And so that means that there is still some value, right? So, like, if you're in draft, there is still some value to just picking up, like, a 15 wisdom, right? Like, even mm -hmm. if you're not necessarily a wisdom-based class, because you know that there's only one 15 wisdom. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's, Or maybe that's good enough reason for you not to... 
maybe that's a good enough reason to just do all of them as as wild cards. It makes it a lot easier. I think it's less interesting though. Much less interesting. Hmm. I still feel like it's it's weird that we that there's only one of each stat for each of, for each of the numbers though. Come again. I just feel like it should be possible to pick up two fifteen wisdoms. <laughs> but maybe I guess yeah. it's better that we don't have that option so that someone doesn't end up just kind of like, yeah, I opened four fifteens, but they're all for the same stat. <laughs> like I guess I got my four fifteen charismas. Yeah, I guess my point is like I feel like it's weird that like an eighteen strength is as common as a seventeen strength is as common as a sixteen strength. Does that make sense? Uh, while it does make sense, I also think, like, it needs to be, unless we want to super pad these numbers and have ungodly quantities. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so, like, we could, er- potentially, we could only use like this number but we'll pull it out of a larger pool so like when we would draft like out of a larger cube right so like in magic mm-hmm. when you have a cube like if you have like a 720 card cube you only need like 300 of those cards in order to do the draft mm-hmm. so you could build a larger pool where it's like the pool has six you know an 18 in each stat plus one wild card six of every 17 plus one wild card and then like there's like there's 12 16s two for each stat plus one wild card 12 15s Mm. two of each stat and then there's three 14s three 13s plus the two plus the two right Mm -hmm. however when the packs are sorted we only pull out 60 of those so even though we have a larger pool to select from we only pull 60 at random so it's possible that there isn't a single 18 in the pile it's possible that, you know, there's multiple 18s and there aren't any 15s. Okay. That would accomplish what we're looking for, which is, like, a variety of the stats without them being uniformly common. This is, of course, more work. It also means now the it's question... less reliable, too. Like, for the player. Are we gonna Are we going to draft this more than once? that's a good question I feel like this is not the same thing as drafting a a draft deck because you're going to play with these characters a lot longer than an evening probably Mm -hmm. so like look if I'm going to spend an hour and a half going over this then like yeah we probably will use it more than once but like how frequently that will be I don't know this will have to involve more thinking (laughs) fair enough but I think this is a great kernel of an idea. And I think this is one that I actually look quite forward to, to doing. I agree. I think once we come up with the numbers, we should um we should share this. <laughs> we should share this with we more should, people. We should absolutely have other people be our guinea pigs. Yeah. That might be fun too. Maybe we can get some some creators to, to draft. Alright. Well this is something. <laughs> yeah it is and i think that it's, it's been you know enough of a something that i think we might be okay to call it here what do you think <laughs> i agree 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining the uh, the first uh, NFL, you know, draft planning session. This is probably how the NFL draft feels. Um, as always, you can always follow us on Twitter at TIAFA Podcast. Uh, you know, we release new episodes on a weekly basis. Um, shoot for Saturday. Occasionally it's been Sunday, though, but definitely by the end of the week for sure. Um, you can always follow me at Vlad Beaver on Twitter. You can catch Marvin at Tayugetsu. And, yep. uh, you know, yeah, feel free to, to check us out. Um, you can support us by uh, following the link in the description of the podcast, of course. Um, any sort of help, you know, any, any sort of that, you know, contribution helps, of course. Um, mm-hmm. You can catch us on Discord. Uh, the link to join the Discord server is in the description, of course. Um, and you'll be able to find that on Twitter as well. So um, if you want to chat with us, pitch us show ideas, you know, talk D&D, whatever, we're there and we're there all the time. And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this sounds fun. So let's, uh, this will not be the last time you guys hear of it. Hopefully. (laughs) All right, man. Well, I hope everybody has a great night. Thank you again so much for, for joining us and, uh, take care of yourselves. Have a good one, everybody.